With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's a blowout. Eighth inning, 10-3. Bases are loaded for Verlander, who waits out of the real pitch. He swings, and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats Spring Training is rolling. Things are really exciting right now. It has been a blast to watch. We're about eight, nine days away from the regular season getting underway. April 7th, I will be there. Flippin' Bats will be there. Anaheim Angels. Well, it's in Anaheim. It's the Los Angeles Angels against the Houston Astros. I'll be there for that one. But that's just a few days away. Spring training's rolling. We got a fun episode coming. We're going to round the bases, of course. And then get to some lists in a little while. Top outfielders this time. Left fielders, center fielders, right fielders. Top five of all those. And it's back. This week in Shohei Otani news. It's back. We're getting it going. It'll be here for the long haul. So we have that coming as well. But look, before we get started in rounding the bases, um, I wanted to talk to you guys about something that is really important to me. And I know a lot of you have been asking and wondering, man, when is the anniversary? And you're right. You guys guessed it right. It is tomorrow. The anniversary of my spring training home run against my brother is tomorrow. So I wanted to talk about it because why not? It should be talked about. And it'll be talked about maybe every day for the rest of my life. And it should be. But it happened in 2016 on the backfields in Lakeland, Florida, when I was playing professionally for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, My brother obviously was with the Tigers at, at that time as well. And we had never faced each other. Never faced each other. So I come up to the plate. He's pitching on the field right next to me. I come up and uh, look, I was in the, I was hitting second this inning. Okay. I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. I walked up to my uh, minor league hitting coordinator and I said, Hey, Justin's pitching right on that field right there. Um, Can I've never faced him in my life. Can I? And he says, sure. But don't go stand on deck. It was the first inning of the game. Don't go, don't go hit first. I want you to hit second so you're, so you're not in his, eye, in his eyesight. So I want you to stand behind the dugout, and then when the first guy gets on or gets out, run up there. So I'm standing behind the dugout. First batter pops up to right field. Justin turns around to watch him catch it. And as he turns back around, I'm standing there in the box, ready to go. And here it is. We have the video of what transpired. So if you're just listening, go to YouTube and watch it. But here it is. First pitch I've ever seen. The wind up, the pitch. I mean, deep right center. Justin kicks his leg up, clearly not happy. Now, let me explain to you something that happens in spring training. Nobody cheers on the backfield. Here's James McCann standing up, smiling, with a big smile on his face. I'm rounding third. Justin doesn't even look at me. Can't even, can't even look at me. Just kind of smirks. <laughs> First pitch I had ever seen off of him. Okay? 
So it's funny. I ran over from the other field, and when I knew this was going to happen, I said, Justin's going to try and break my bat. He's going to try and embarrass me in front of all my friends. We've talked about this forever and ever and ever. He's always said, I've literally since we were young, I said, if I ever face you, I'm going to take you deep. And he said, if I ever face you, I'm going to hit you in the ribs. So I knew that wasn't coming, but I knew he was going to try and embarrass me. So I knew a fastball middle inside was coming. I got it. I hit it really well. Turns out that was the hardest pitch he threw all day by four miles an hour in spring training. By far the hardest pitch he threw. The, the fans, there aren't many fans at these spring training games, but the players, the coaching staff in the seats, they went nuts. It was a moment that I will forever remember. And it was just, it was a lifetime memory that I'll have forever. Hopefully they let me speak at his hopeful and potential Hall of Fame induction because I will be telling this story there as well. But the anniversary is now six years. I can't believe it's been six years, but what a memory. Won't ever forget that one. But speaking of spring training, speaking of fun games and memories, let's start rounding the bases. Let's go to first base and talk about a guy that I have a lot of memories of in my life, Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols is, one, calling it quits after this year. But he's going back to the St. Louis Cardinals. And uh, I have a lot of... I have a lot of memories of Albert with the Cardinals. You know, growing up, being a huge fan of baseball as a kid, he was a guy that, that I looked up to, and he's one of those guys that you would imitate his odd stance. Um, and now the legend, the, the machine, goes back to St. Louis to end his career. Now, let me talk about this for a second. Albert Pujols, in the eyes of many, um, it, it's, it's shifted over the course of the last decade or so. And it's because of his contract with the Angels. But let's get one thing straight. Albert Pujols is one of the greatest of all time. Period. Hands down. We need to remember him for that. Now he's going back to St. Louis where he did all of his damage. I saw a fun, uh, I saw a fun stat when he first went to, when he first re-signed with the Cardinals, that Paul Goldschmidt, and Nolan Arenado, two fantastic, great baseball players for the Cardinals. If you combine both of their stats, combine RBIs, hits, home runs, all of it, none of them reach Albert Pujols and where he currently sits. So the machine is hanging up his spikes, but he's got one year left to go, and he's going to do it with the Cardinals. And look, he's 21 home runs away from 700. 21. Now, that seems like a long shot because he's not going to be a guy that plays every day. But who's going to doubt? Who's going to doubt Albert? I hope it happens. I also hope if he gets to, like, within five that he signs, like, let's do, like, an NBA sort of deal next year. He signs, like, a 10-day contract and goes in. and How cool would that be for the sport? Bob Nightingale, friend of the pod, tweeted, Albert Pujols announces that this will indeed be the final year of his career. His dream of going into the Hall of Fame together with close friend Yadier Molina, should be realized. Also, a great point. Yadi. Yadi has announced this is his last year as well. It's kind of funny. Yadi announces it's his last year, and then Albert comes back, and, you know, rightfully so. Well, you know, Albert's going to get a lot, of the, a lot of the praise this year. It's going to be a retirement tour. Um, look, I, I think retirement tours are sort of like a blown-out-of-proportion thing, but not here. 
There's not a lot of guys that you can look at and say, he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. Three-time MVP, 10-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, two-time World Series winner. This is, the, the list goes on and on and on. He's the machine. And he will forever be somebody that I will remember as the greatest hitter that I got to see growing up. Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera. Those are the two names that stick out to me, plain and simple. Now, there's a different wave happening now, which you could add Mike Trout into all that. But, but the other wave, my, my growing up watching baseball, falling, falling in love with the sport, was because of Albert Pujols. Nobody was more feared than Albert Pujols. You think of feared hitters? When Albert was in, in his prime, Albert Pujols, Barry Bonds, the two most feared hitters that I can think of. That's pretty incredible. What a career for Albert Pujols. I'm excited that it's ending in St. Louis. Tony La Russa, his manager for so long in St. Louis, tweeted, um, I'm really excited for him. The fans deserve it. Albert deserves it. I'm ecstatic. And that's kind of how I feel. It's going to feel like all is right in the world. Albert's back to St. Louis for his final year, and uh, we'll get the retirement tour. So congratulations to him, and uh, can't wait to keep an eye on him this year. But let's head on over to second base and talk about some spring training storylines. A lot of them still going on. Cattell Marte. Cattell Marte signs an extension with the Diamondbacks. Now, why is this a big deal? Well, Cattell Marte is one of the most underrated players in the game of baseball. Hands down. Easily. Big reason of it is he plays for the Diamondbacks. But he signs an extension. He gets his deal done. Five years, $76 million which I think is a steal. If Cattell Marte is doing in New York, LA, Atlanta, Houston, Boston, Chicago, a lot of other places than Arizona, he's getting the credit he deserves and he's making well over $100 million. I firmly believe that. But he's underrated. He's out in, in Arizona for a team that hasn't been very good for a while. This is a great, great deal for them. Kudos to the Diamondbacks for getting this done. Cattell Marte is a great player. And if you can, watch him at some point. A lot of people have been doing um, top lists, as we're doing right now, because it's preseason. It's fun to talk about who's going to be great this year. Cattell Marte, you can put on that list at a plethora of positions, a cornucopia of positions, if you will. The guy's a super utility guy and does it really well at multiple spots. Good pickup, good extension there for the Diamondbacks. Next up, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge of the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge is a New York Yankee. We've talked about this a few times this spring because there's not a lot of players that you think, like, this is, the, this is their team. Freddie Freeman with the Atlanta Braves was one we talked about for a while. He's on the move. Aaron Judge is a New York Yankee. and he potentially will not be on the move. The New York Yankees are going to offer him an extension. This had been long talked about, uh, even in spring training. Aaron Judge said, I want to be here my whole career, but they haven't reached out to me. They haven't even spoken to me about an extension. But the Yankees are planning on offering him a multi-year extension, and that is going to be for a lot of cash. A lot of money is coming for Aaron Judge. He's a, he's a figure. 
He's right fielder for the New York Yankees. He wears number 99. He's six foot, a million. He's larger than life, and he does it right in New York. He's going to get a lot, a lot of money. Brian Cashman says there will be no contract extension talks with Aaron Judge during the season per Judge's request. It's either resolved and out of the way or resolved on the opposite end, and we'll do a one-year play it out. That's what Brian Cashman said on his talks about an extension with Aaron Judge. Both parties want to get it done, okay? Both parties want to get this done. Aaron Judge has been vocal about wanting to get it done. Cashman has come out and said, one way or the other, we want to get it done on either side. And now it came out that they are, gonna, they are going to offer him a multi-year extension before the season starts. So we'll see if that comes to be. But in my opinion, Aaron Judge is going to be a New York Yankee. And he's going to be a New York Yankee for a long time. And he's going to make a lot of money doing it. But more storylines for you. Next up, Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt previously of the New York Yankees, is heading to San Diego. He is now a San Diego Padre. Padres. He's in San Diego. And look, I, really, I actually really like this a lot for Luke Voigt. And I've been talking about this a good bit over the last couple of weeks because we've seen some players on the move that I think could really benefit. Now, Luke Voigt is leaving New York and going to San Diego. Luke Voigt has a big personality. I mean, he's very confident. He believes in himself. Um, He's vocal about it. And if you remember, in 2020, the shortened season, he led the league in home runs. He led the league in home runs. So he comes back into spring the following year with a renewed sense of confidence, even higher than it ever was. And from that point on, it just never really worked out in New York, I'd say. It never really you know, took off on that wave that he was on and propelled him to the next level that we all thought he was going to be. He kind of struggled a little bit. He showed potential. And then they bring in Anthony Rizzo, and he's pissed off about that. And now this offseason, they sign Anthony Rizzo to a multi-year deal. And it's kind of like, well, the writing's on the wall for Luke Voigt. What's going to happen? He ends up getting moved to San Diego, where I think will be a great fit for him. Look, this team is totally different than the Yankees. San Diego is totally different. It's a laid-back, you know, a a laid-back, fun, exciting. Look at the guys on that team. Tatis just plays with so much energy. I think he's going to fit in well there. I really do. And then Luke Voigt was on on a podcast or on the radio talking recently. And listen to what he said about the Yankees, just about the entire situation right now. He said, Yankee Stadium is not a hitter's park. He's excited for a speedy lineup instead of big donkeys. So he went on to say more, but let's break this down. One, Yankee Stadium is not a hitter's park. Look, look, I get get what you're saying. The gaps get really deep. But if you are a major league player playing in a stadium that is basically 310 feet down the lines, come on. You can't come out and say it's not a hitter's park. You can pop up a ball to right field and it'll get out. You can pull a line drive down the line and it'll get out. Now, there are deep parts of the park, but I don't know. just seems like a bold thing to say. Then he said he's not in a lineup. He's excited to be in a lineup with speedy guys and not big donkeys. (laughs) I mean, he's a big donkey. 
He's certainly not a speedy guy. So maybe, look, I really think he's a, for the Padres, this is a perfect fit. He's going to be great there, I think. He's also glad he didn't get traded to Oakland and the shaving rule didn't have, didn't affect him much because his beard sucks. But he said, because his beard sucks. But he said he's glad he didn't get traded to, uh, to Oakland, who's trading, making a million trades, because he's used to being on winning teams. He's always been on winning teams. <laughs> okay, look, I'm excited for Luke Voigt. I'm excited for the Padres. I think it's going to be a great fit. How can you say you've always been on winning teams? Because their record was above 500? Is that winning? If you ask Yankee fans, when was the last time we won? If you say, when was the last time the Yankees won to Yankees fans, they wouldn't say, oh, 2021, we had a winning record. No, you're not, win- you're not on a winning team if you're just above 500 and make it to the wild card game and then lose. Not a winning team. But I, I think the Padres have a. Uh, a much better year than they did last year. I think something fell apart for the Padres. I don't know what it was. We saw a lot going on in the dugout, but that stuff happens all the time. I think Bob Melvin stepping in as their manager will be great. I think the team will be much improved, and I think adding Luke Voigt into that lineup will be great for them. So good move all around. Just a funny funny, uh, interview from Luke Voigt on the radio that I wanted to talk about, but good move for him and the Padres. Next up, another storyline. Cody Bellinger. Uh, this is a this is a tough one. I, I like Cody Bellinger, and I want him to be really, really good. I want him to be back to his form of his MVP season. The reality of that situation is he's not. And it's not looking like that is happening this year either. Uh, he really, really, really struggled last year. Bad. Now, I get it. There were injuries. There was a shoulder thing. There was a lot going on with him. but. The stats are the stats. He didn't have a good year. He gets into the playoffs. And when I say he didn't have a good year, Cody Bellinger last year was awful. It was a really bad year. Not what we think of as Cody Bellinger. Then they get into the playoffs, and he's back. Cody Bellinger. This is the Cody Bellinger that the Dodgers had been missing. He was back in the playoffs. He played great. So then the offseason comes, and you think, okay, there was a very large sample size of him not being very good and a small sample size of, is Cody Bellinger back? Fast forward to this spring training, where we are right now. As it sits, Cody Bellinger is three for 22 in spring training. Three for 22, a 136 batting average with 15 strikeouts. 22 at-bats, 15 strikeouts. Look, this is another small sample size, but tack that on to a really struggling last year. This is cause for concern. If I'm, if I'm Dodgers fans, I felt good about Cody Bellinger coming out of the playoffs and the playoff run. But seeing this, you know, you get, a week into, you get a week into spring training and it's like, okay, like it's still early. You get to 22 at-bats in and he's, he's punched out 15 times. That's cause for alarm. That's calls for alarm. Here's what Dave Roberts said about the situation, his manager. Dave Roberts on Cody Bellinger, who had four strikeouts tonight and 14 Ks and 19 spring at-bats. So this is a day before the, the, the last prior game. Dave Roberts said, tonight was the first time I felt like things sped up on him. 
We just got to get back to work and keep grinding. Roberts said, as of now, Bellinger's regular season role isn't in danger. This isn't going to help. This isn't going to help the situation. I promise you there's a lot mental going on here. Baseball is the most mentally grueling game there is. Why? Because you play it every single day. It's 162 games. It's a grind in itself. And if you start struggling, it snowballs. So starting to struggle here is not a good sign. And then you have your manager coming out and basically saying, I am worried. This is the first day that I am officially worried about Cody Bellinger. As of right now, his role is fine. None of that is going to add confidence to where Cody Bellinger is. I'm worried about him. As a fan of baseball, I want Cody Bellinger to be great. He's a fantastic defender. He's a guy that hits for a lot of power, a good average, drives the ball the other way, big energy. I'm hoping for better from Cody Bellinger this year. Just a little scary what's happening this spring training. A, a little bit scary. Let's head on to third base. Talk about the New York Mets rotation. The more I watch this Mets team, the more I get excited about where they're going to be this year. I even tweeted it out this week. I said, the New York Mets are going to be really good. That was it. That's what I said. And I really agree with that. And a lot of people like to say, look, the Mets are going to met. We've, we've seen this. We'd say this every year. What we haven't seen every year is a team like they've put together now. And it starts with the pitching rotation. It starts with Jacob deGrom and then Max Scherzer. Look at this tweet. Here's how the Mets pitching alignment will look the rest of this week. This week, Tuesday, Chris Bassett, all-star. Wednesday, Carlos Carrasco, good. Thursday, Tywin Walker. Friday, Jacob deGrom. Saturday, Max Scherzer. I watched a game over this past weekend. They were playing against the St. Louis Cardinals. They threw Jacob deGrom for three innings and Max Scherzer for six innings. That was the game. That was the entire game. They threw Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer back to back. How incredible is that? That's insane. And also, we need to talk about Max Scherzer. Max is a madman. Mad Max. He's throwing six innings in a spring training game. In his, like, third start. He was quoted saying, sometimes you have to throw 120 pitches to figure yourself out. <laughs> That's just wild. That's where he gets the name. Mad Max. Because he's a madman. It was fun to watch. And it just kind of gave you... that. That's actually the game I tweeted it. They were playing well offensively. Lindor is back. Lindor is going to have a much better year. They've totally revamped their outfield. Their pitching staff is arguably the best in baseball. You have a one-two punch of Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer. This team's good. This team's going to be really good. And it starts with that pitching staff. That's what gets you through 162 games. Having five guys that you can rely on. They have two guys that are top tier, elite, elite. Then they have Chris Bassett, who's an all-star. And then they have great depth. The New York Mets are going to be successful this year. They're going to have a good year. And it's going to start with that pitching staff. It's going to be electric. They're going to put up numbers that we may not have seen in a long time. It's going to be fun to watch. And then pair it with, look, 
their offense isn't going to be any slouches either. Eduardo Escobar, Starling Marte, Mark Canna, Francisco Lindor is going to be better. I like it. I like it for the Mets. Big things coming in New York from the Mets. People are saying, that's said all the time. This year's different. Uncle Steve, Steve Cohen, has his fingerprint all over this team. And he has shown that he is willing to do whatever it takes to win. So they're going to be in contention. They're going to be in contention most of the year. So you better believe when it gets to the trade deadline, Steve Cohen's going to do something as well. Watch out for the Mets in this NL East. Everybody's talking about the Braves and how good they're going to be, and they are going to be very, very good. But this Mets team is going to give them a run for their money. So is the Phillies team. Three really good teams in that division. Let's round third and head on home and talk about Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts just signed an extension with the Dodgers. Multi-year extension, three years. He's back, the manager of the Dodgers. And the day before he signed that extension, might I add, the man called his shot. And I mean called his shot. Let me read this to you. Dave Roberts, we are winning the World Series in 2022. We will win the World Series this year. Put it on record. Everyone in this organization better believe that. People outside this organization that don't believe that, I don't care. (laughs) I love it. I love that quote. That is confidence at an all-time high. And to be quite honest with you, if you have a roster that the Dodgers have, and do not win a World Series, it's a failure of a year. And I felt the same way about last year. Last year was a failure of a year. They didn't win the National League. They didn't get to the World Series. They had an incredible roster. It was a failure of a year. With a roster like that, with a lineup like that, oh, look, he called a shot. It's bold, but I like it. I love it. I think that confidence, instilling that confidence in in yourself, that belief, instilling that confidence in your team and the entire organization and the fan base, put it out there. If you're wrong, you're wrong. It's going to be a failure of a year no matter what. It's not going to be a failure because you predicted your team was going to win the World Series. It's going to be a failure because your team was good enough to win a World Series. And then the next day, he signs his extension, which I think is hysterical, by the way. The timing is just comical. Is that all it takes to to get an extension? Just say really nice things and and feel really confident? Flippin' Bats is going to be the number one podcast this year. Just throw it out there and and see what happens. And for the next 10 years, big things coming. But I like it from Dave Roberts. Congratulations on the extension. We'll see. We'll see what happens with this team. It is really good. Um, And it's funny... You know, you look back to just a few years ago, and he was on the hot seat. Even those teams that were really, really good, that just weren't quite getting over the hump, he was on the hot seat. You know, if they didn't, if they didn't win, they didn't win in 2020, I, I don't know if we'd be here. But they got over that hump. He gets his extension. He's not on the hot seat. He's predicting they win it all. I love it. I absolutely love it. So that does it for rounding the bases. But now, it is back, my friends. My favorite 
all-time segment of this show that we started last year because Shohei Otani became my favorite player. He's got his jersey up right behind me on this set. This week in Shohei Otani news is back, and here it is. We are back with my favorite segment of all time this week in Shohei Otani news. We're back, baby. We're going to talk some spring training updates, his hitting, his pitching, and some exciting news as we head into the regular season with Shohei Otani. But it all started in spring training, his first start back out on the mound. I feel like whenever we're talking about Shohei being on the mound, there's always this like worry about his arm and his health. I am here to tell you his first start. He looked awesome. He looked healthy. He threw two and a third innings. He struck out five guys. He was throwing his fastball hard up in the zone. Um, he was throwing all of his pitches well for strikes. He looked really, really good on the mound. So that in itself is promising. Aside from his actual business on the mound, I've never seen hype like I've seen surrounding Shohei Otani this spring training. Never. It has been incredible. From the second that he was expected to arrive at spring training to his first start on the mound, the media hype, the pictures, every time he's on the mound, all you can see is phones. You just see people and their phones and their cameras out because they know that we're watching something special. We knew that. We're watching it. We're watching it happen. It's special. So his first start on the mound was awesome. It was really, really good. But now on the hitting side, you know he's back hitting. He hits an absolute bomb the other day. Here's my tweet. Spring training, Shohei Otani, home run, in all caps, because every time I tweet about Shohei, it's in all caps. Look, I think Shohei's going to hit 50 bombs this year. I do. He hit 46 last year. The second half, he never got pitched to. He was always pitched around. But now he has Mike Trout. Now he has Mike Trout hitting right behind him. Or Anthony Rendon. I don't exactly know how the lineup's going to shape up with who's behind him. But he will have better protection. And that will be vital to his statistics. That's why I think it's completely possible that he has a better year in 2022 than he had when he was unanimous AL MVP last year, which I predicted. And it turned out great. What a year. But I, I can't stress this enough. I think he improves. I think the reason for that is because of protection in the lineup. I cannot wait for this year. I think 50 home runs is certainly in the realm of possibility. But it was good to see that the other day. He's back. It's always good. I know spring training home runs don't count, but that's how you know guys are locked in. Shohei comes locked in. He stays locked in. From his first start, that went well, punched out five guys, to his first home run of spring training. Um, so that's, those are sort of the spring training updates on Shohei. But there's some exciting news for him heading into the season. First of all being, oh, you know what? No, no, no. No, I wanted to talk about this first because this happened the other day in spring training as well. This was great. <laughs> Jared Walsh, teammate of his, another guy that will be giving him protection in that lineup, and Shohei Otani had a little home run derby. <laughs> if you're watching this on video, you can, see, you can see the video in the background. Jared Walsh and Shohei Otani had a BP home run derby in which 
Jared Walsh won the home run derby against Shohei Otani. But it was great. They were clearly having a lot of fun back and forth. And this tweet sums it up perfectly. Jared Walsh just beat Shohei Otani in batting practice home run derby. Otani dramatically crumpled to the ground and groaned. Walsh flung his hands in the air. That's on the metaphorical mantle for the rest of my life, Walsh said. I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> Me too. This is, like, this is like my home run off of my brother. I'm going to tell everybody. It's on my metaphorical mantle for life. In fact, it's, I think it's on my actual mantle. This is up there for Jared Walsh beating Otani in a home run derby. This was great. This was a lot of fun. That's another thing I love about Shohei. He's just a kid playing a kid's game. And you can see it every time he takes the field. You could see it in his career. His, his career propelled when he was finally able to pitch and hit in the same game and just do what he loves and feel free doing it. You can see him out there on the field. He just has a blast playing this game every single day. He has a blast in BP competing with his teammates. I love it. I love Shohei Otani. I love that Jared Walsh won the home run derby against him. Um, but that was in batting practice the other day. Now we can talk about the regular season. And we can talk about the big, the exciting news. Shohei Otani has been named the opening day starter. April 7th against the Houston Astros. I will be there. Our team will be there. We have so much, so much exciting content and stuff coming for you for opening week. But this is at the top of my excitement list. Not at the top. You know what? My brother's finally going to be back on the mound. But Shohei gets the opening day start, and I am pumped up about that. He deserves it. I can't wait for the atmosphere down there in Anaheim on opening day. The atmosphere, the buzz, Shohei reigning AL MVP. Mike Trout will be back, but Shohei will be on that mound for April 7th, the first game of the year, as it should be. But a little more. It doesn't stop there with the exciting news. It was also announced that Shohei Otani will be batting leadoff to start the season. You guys remember the All-Star game from last year? Shohei pitched. He started on the mound, and then he batted leadoff. Last year, we saw a lot of him batting in the two-hole. This year, we're going to see him in the leadoff. I, look, I'm really excited to watch this Angels team this year, and it all starts with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. In opening day, Shohei will be on the mound. Shohei will be batting leadoff. Mike Trout will be batting somewhere right there behind him. This Angels team is going to be fun. I don't know if they can win the division. They certainly got a lot of help on the pitching side. They are going to be a lot better. But this team revolves around Shohei and Mike Trout. In opening day, April 7th, Flippin' Bats will be there, bringing you all the sights and sounds and feels, and I'll be taking it all in myself. I don't know what day my brother is going to be pitching that series, but he will be back at some point, and he will get to pitch to Shohei. And Shohei will be pitching on opening day. So we had a lot to talk about. That's why we brought it back this week. And Shohei Otani News is back. It is here to stay. The screen behind me is back. The lights are back. This is my favorite segment. And finally, because of his spring training so far and some exciting news I had to bring you, it is back. And that does it for this week in Shohei Otani News. It feels so good to have that back. It's a vital part of this show. And it's back. He's hitting bombs again. It's a part of this show. Let's move on to some lists. I've been doing this every week of spring training pretty much. And now we're to the outfielders, the top five. Now this is for 2022, who I think will be the top 
in 2022. We're going to do left fielders. We're going to do center fielders. We're going to do right fielders. And that wraps up all the positions. We've hit it all. So let's do these. And to do that, I'm going to bring my producer Conrad out here to walk me through this. And let's start with left fielders. Coming in at number five, we have Christian Yelich. Christian Yelich. Um, another guy that in 2019 was on an MVP pace. He was great and then hit a steep decline and hasn't been very good. But I like what I've seen from him in spring training. I think he's going to be back to Christian Yelich form. I, so the reason he is here is because I believe he will have a better year than he has in the past two. He has struggled. I think he figures it out. And I think he finds a way to be back to Christian Yelich, who could have, who easily was towards number one on this list a couple of years ago. He wasn't at all last year. I like him to finish in the top five left fielders this year. I really do. I'm believing in him, Conrad. Coming in at number four. This one was a big debate yesterday between us. Giancarlo Stanton. Yep. Giancarlo Stanton is, look, I had to put him on this list. Um, he is good. He's still great. He hits a bunch of bombs. I really like what he does. When he gets hot, it's tough to beat him. It's tough to beat him. He's a former MVP. He's certainly capable of hitting 50 bombs in Yankee Stadium, despite it not being a hitter's park, according to Luke Voigt. But he's capable of doing it. Uh, I, think he, I think he has a really good year. I like what I saw from him down the stretch last year, the last month or so of the season. He was in fuego. Giancarlo Stanton, he's going to be good, and I think he's going to be a top-five left fielder. Come in number three, Tyler O'Neill. Yeah, Tyler O'Neill is really, really fun. If you're not familiar with Tyler O'Neill of the St. Louis Cardinals, please do so. The guy has biceps bigger than my legs. He is fast. He hits bombs. He plays good outfield. He's young. Familiarize yourself with Tyler O'Neill, I think he takes another step forward this year. He was great last year. I think he's really good this year. The Cardinals got a good one playing left field for them. Tyler O'Neill is a stud. I think he finishes as the third best left fielder this year. They can thank the Mariners for that one. Coming in at number two, Michael Brantley. Oh, Uncle Mike. The man just hits. Rakes. That's simple. The man, the man just rakes. It could be a right-handed pitcher. It could be a left-handed pitcher. It does not matter. Michael Brantley is a professional hitter. That's what he does. He's a great, he's a great piece in that lineup, surrounded by a lot of power, speed, contact. Michael Brantley does it all. He is such a good fit in that lineup, and year in and year out. It's wild, Conrad. We were just talking about this. The Indians basically just were like, here you go. And now we have nothing to do with this guy anymore. Right. And now he's gone to, to Houston and towards, you know, later in his career, he's an older guy and just continued to absolutely rake year in and year out. And he's going to do it again this year. Coming in number one, which brings me so much happiness, Jesse Winker. I love Jesse Winker. I just, I, I love him. He, I was watching a spring training game with him yesterday and he was doing like the, the play by play. And, uh, man, we should, we should have talked about that. But I'll tell you about it right now. He's doing the play-by-play, -play and he was on the bench, and pitcher got to 0-1 count, gives up a bomb the next pitch, and he's just hysterical. He's like, well, I'm never doing this again. And he's great. He's a great personality, but that's not the reason he's right here. 
That's not the reason he's number one on this list. He's number one on this list because he's just really, really good. He's an all-star last year. The guy hits. The guy's left-handed power bat, one of the best lefty power bats in the league. Um, and I'm really excited to see what he does for this Mariners team. I don't think we're talking enough about the Mariners. I really don't. We talk about him a lot here. It's because I'm forced into it by my Seattle Mariner fan, producer Conrad. Yep. But in all seriousness, we talk about them a lot because I believe they're going to be very good. This trade that they made for Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker is going to be really good for them. He comes in at the number one left fielder for this year. So let's move on and let's talk about center fielders. Coming in number five in center field, we have Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds, underrated solely because of where he plays. He plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. People don't watch a lot of Pittsburgh Pirates baseball. Don't blame you for that. I wish they were better. They deserve to be better. The fan base deserves better. But this guy is better. This guy is great. Brian Reynolds has been very consistent over the last couple of years, hitting over 300, bunch of bombs, plays a good center field. I like him a lot. Um, I think, I think, like I said, I think he's an underrated guy. He is certainly on this list. And if you're not familiar, familiarize yourself. Look up his stats. Watch him play. He is great, and he is a great young star in this league. Number four, Luis Robert. Luis Robert. This will be the Luis Robert breakout year. That's what I got on Luis Robert. He is our very own uh, Frank Thomas of Fox said that Luis Robert is a six-tool player. I didn't even know what that was. There aren't six tools, but he is a six-tool player. He hits bombs. He plays great center field. He runs fast. He is a freak of nature. He will be really good this year. I pray that he has a full, healthy season because he is so good. In limited games last year, very limited, he hit 338 with 13 homers, 43 RBIs, and a 946 OPS. That's in about 50 to 60 games. It was in that range. And those are the numbers he puts up. I hope he stays healthy because he is one of the bright young stars in this game of baseball. And I think. He is certainly going to be a top five out center fielder this year. Coming number three, George Springer. George Springer. Still feels weird looking at him in that Blue Jays uniform. I love it. But I do too. He looks great. Uh, I, I'm Same with him. I hope he stays healthy this year. He wasn't healthy all of last year. This Blue Jays team is going to be really good. When they had him last year, they were really good. So I'm hopeful he stays healthy. Um, and when he does... We, we've all seen it. We all know George Springer. We all know what he's capable of doing. We all know the postseason player he is, which I believe the Blue Jays will get there this year. George Springer will be a top three center fielder. And putting him at three is tough. Like, these outfielders, man, all, all these positions are just wild. But I have George Springer at number three, so let's see who the top two are. Coming in number two, Byron Buxton. Man, Byron Buxton was having an MVP caliber season last year when he got hurt. And he got hurt a couple of times. That's kind of the theme with this list now that I'm thinking about it. I'm just hoping these guys stay healthy. Byron Buxton got his money. He got paid, got an extension. He is the Minnesota Twins center fielder for a while to come. That was a great deal on their part to wrap him up. 
He is an MVP caliber player. He has become that over the last few years. The power that he has on top of being one of the fastest guys in the league and playing a brilliant center field. He's put it all together. Offensively, he's there now. I like Byron Buxton a lot. And Conrad, that leaves only one. When I first hit you up yesterday, this was the only name I had between the three lists already down. <laughs> and this was the easiest one of all of them. Number one center fielder, Mike Trout. Yeah. I mean, there's no debating this one. Mike Trout, when you start looking at all-time center fielder list, if this were a top five center fielder of all time, Mike Trout would be on it. And very well could be where he is on this list. This was a no-brainer, like Conrad just said. Uh, we didn't even have to talk about this one. He just... The, we, the second we started meeting and he was like, hey, what are your, what's your top five? I looked at his list and he already had Mike Trout in right here. He is a legend. He is the best player in baseball. He is Mike Trout. He is on my Mount Rushmore of baseball. He is incredible. Mike Trout will be the top center fielder of 2022. Let's do, uh, let's do right fielders. All right, let's knock it out. Starting at number five. We talked about him earlier. Aaron Judge. Before before I even start, we have to right field. Best this, position in baseball. This is incredible. And you can already see, I have Aaron Judge at the fifth best right fielder for this season. Just this is this whole right field list is mind-blowing. Aaron Judge is, I hope, gonna get his extension before before the season starts. You know, it just feels right seeing big old number 99 out there in right field at Yankee Stadium. The judge's chamber right behind him. Aaron Judge um, is really, really good. His rookie year finished second in the MVP voting. Um, I like him a lot. He will be a top five outfielder this year. <clears throat> this was another big one on the debate yesterday. Number four, Mookie Betts. Yeah, Mookie was tough. Mookie was tough for a couple of reasons. I think two years ago, he's in this area. He's one or two. Last year, he wasn't very good. Um, 260-something, 264, 23 bombs. But he's Mookie Betts. I believe he's, he's one of the great players in this game. I believe he's going to be that again this year. I believe, I believe he takes that next step and, and, or takes that step back to where he was prior to last year. Not that it was a bad year. It just wasn't a Mookie Betts year. I think this year we see a Mookie Betts year. I really do. I think he's great, and I think he finishes as the top four right fielder this year. Coming in at number three, Ronald Acuna Jr. Ronald Acuna Jr. To be honest with you, I probably would have had him higher on this list had... I, I'm not sure his injury status and his update. I th mm -hmm. He's going to miss some time. Um, I just don't know whether it's going to be two weeks, a month, what sort of time frame we're looking at. But if you're looking at Ronald Acuna Jr. missing a month of the year, it's impossible to put him over who I have number one on one and two on this list. And you'll see why in a second. But Ronald Acuna Jr. is a future MVP in this league. He is. He's a 40-40 guy in the future, I believe. 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. He is one of the best players in baseball. And it was a sad day when he went down last year right before the All-Star break. I was in Denver at the All-Star game, watching that last game before everybody traveled to the All-Star break, or there if they were playing in it, which he was when he got hurt. That was tough to see. He will be back this year. He 
is recovering great, apparently. He might start the year as a DH and then work his way back into right field, but he will miss some time. He will be awesome. He's one of the best players in baseball, and he is number three on this list of top right fielders. And we had a good sub note in our conversation yesterday, too, where we almost thought about putting one through three as 1A, 1B, and 1C, and then four, five. Yes. It it could easily be that way, because number two, Bryce Harper. MVP. Yeah. The the reigning NL MVP. Um, Look, Bryce Harper, I was saying this all of last year. Bryce Harper is, was, and I believe still is underrated. I believe that wholeheartedly. He just won the MVP award. And I don't think people value Bryce Harper as much as he should be. The guy goes to Philly, doesn't have the, the year he's used to having, and then settles in and wins the MVP award. I mean, good Lord, Bryce Harper is so good. Coming off an MVP year, I think he's going to be challenging for that again. But I don't have him at number one on this list of right fielders. And we will get to that right now. Number one, the man himself, the legend, Juan Soto. Juan Soto. The best hitter in baseball. Yes. And you know what was really cool last year is Prior to the All-Star break, Juan Soto was fine. He was good. He just didn't have the power numbers. Then he goes to Denver and actually participates in the Home Run Derby and said he was doing it to help his swing. He wanted to participate in the Home Run Derby because he didn't feel like his home run swing was there. He participates in the Home Run Derby, and the second half of the year he had rivaled any second half of anybody ever. It was incredible. The power numbers were there. He almost, he did. He worked him his way into that MVP conversation right in the thick of it with Bryce Harper, almost took it from him. So I can only imagine this offseason he's been participating in home run derbies to have his home run swing there for him. I Juan Soto is, to me, the best hitter. When you look at the best hitters in baseball, Juan Soto is at the top of that list. And that is why... He is at the top of this list for who will be the top right fielder this year in 2022. And he's also, credit to him, he has gotten a lot better defensively from where he first was when he came up to where he is now. Hats off to Juan Soto for continuing to propel in the box, but also putting an effort in in the outfield and becoming, in my opinion, the top right fielder in all of baseball. So that rounds out our list. That rounds out our whole, all of our lists. We've gone from... From starting pitchers to right fielders. We made our way around the field. We finished our list. That does it for today's list. Left fielders, center fielders, right fielders. And that's that. All right, I got a couple of extra inning segments for you. I like to do this every week before I wrap up. Something that just, I don't know, something that just hits me a little different. It means a lot to me. I got a couple this week. We're playing two extra innings. First up, a really, really cool story with the Los Angeles Dodgers and Andrew Tolls formerly of the Dodgers, um, also started playoff games, has started in the playoffs for the Dodgers before, and recently, as recently as 2018 played. Um, This was a tough story. In 2020, he was homeless, really struggling with his mental health, uh, found sleeping behind an airport at one point, and was really struggling in and out of mental health facilities. But this is a good story. 
and a cool story. And just the other day, the Los Angeles Dodgers re-signed Tolls to a contract just so he could have access to his health care and to get the help he needed. What a cool story. Um, you know, it, it's a tough situation and, and something that is, that is sad, and the Dodgers were able to turn this into something good and something positive. I think we all hope that Andrew Tolls gets the help that he needs, and he wasn't able to get that help, and he's not able to get that help without the health care. And the Major League Baseball health care is, is one of the best you can possibly get. So for the Dodgers to sign him, and to allow him to keep that health care is absolutely incredible and certainly something that I wanted to shed a light on. Now, it is, I should say that there is no money involved with the contract, and he is not taking up a roster spot for the Dodgers. They were able to sign him so that he can just keep the health care and get the help that he needs. So we're all rooting for Andrew, Andrew Tolles. I liked watching him play. Um, this is a sad situation that now hopefully is turning a corner and he can get the help he deserves because of the Los Angeles Dodgers. So really, really cool there of the Dodgers to do that. Moving on to the next extra inning. I want to talk about MLB The Show. Why? Well, one, the new video game, MLB The Show 22, is coming April 5th. This past week, um, myself and the Flippin' Bats crew got to go down to San Diego studio and get an entire tour of the whole place. A behind-the-scenes tour of what this, their brand-new studio looks like, uh, in and out of certain rooms, learning about the ins and outs of the game, how they make the game, learning about the, the diamond card features, how they come up with ratings. I even played the office champ. I claim to be a pretty good MLB The Show player myself, but I went down there and got to play the MLB The Show San Diego Studio Office Champion. So you got to check out how that goes in this feature that we did that will be coming out April 4th. So Monday, the Monday of opening week. Opening day is April 7th. MLB The Show comes out April 5th. April 4th is when our MLB The Show 22 feature comes out. So don't miss that. It truly was such a blast. And even if you don't love the video game, it'll still be a really cool thing for you to see their whole studio and uh, how we did there. And they even gave me a little surprise at the end, which this was not staged, and I will not spoil it. You'll have to watch the feature when it drops in a few days. But I was surprised. Um, they gave me something really cool because of the fan of the game that I am, and, you know, I can't spoil the rest. But just check it out on Monday. A really cool day, something really special. Here's a picture of uh, me and Ramon, who is the face of MLB The Show uh, behind the scenes. So. What a day. Again, that is Monday, April 4th, the day before the game drops, and just a couple of days before opening day. We are close, my friends. We are just a few days away from opening day. The Astros and the Angels will be playing out here in LA. Flippin' Bats will be there. We will be doing multiple shows there, but I just can't wait for baseball to finally be here. We have made it to the end of spring training. We're just a couple of days away. Thank you guys for listening as always. Make sure you check it out anywhere you listen to your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever it may be. And we also have social media, Twitter, Instagram. Every episode is available on YouTube for the video portion. Subscribe there as well. 
but I appreciate you guys listening. We're just a few days away. I will see you next time on Flippin' Bet. A high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate.